Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast Network. Craig Schaub here with Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. And if Bob is here, that means we're talking about movies. Mm -hmm. And if you're here talking about movies, that means it's early in the morning, Bob. We uh, we tape early on Tuesday mornings. How are you doing this fine Tuesday morning? I'm doing I'm doing great. Happy Tuesday. We are covered in snow here in Ohio, so I don't I don't know about New York, but uh no, no snow no snow to speak of, uh, let alone covered in it. Okay. Well, we've got a nice little blanket here, a fresh coat. Uh but uh, that doesn't mean we can't uh, maybe only means we can watch movies then. So I know you had a busy week here over the holidays. You saw three new movies for us. We're going to start off with the, the biggest box office winner with Encanto, the newest Disney film. Bob, tell us a little bit about uh, Disney's latest. Is this another home run for the studio or is a misfire? It's a it's another home run. Of course, it's a home run. Disney Disney puts out nothing but home runs these days. The um. Encanto tells the story of a uh, girl named Mirabelle who uh, is uh, is part of a family, um, almost all of whom are imbued with magical powers. Um, her sister is super strong. Uh, her mother is a healer. Uh, but she, uh, she doesn't have any powers of her own. Um, and uh, when uh, something comes along that starts threatening the magic of the rest of the family, uh, she takes up the uh, the challenge of saving it. And it's just a super cute, adorable movie. There's new songs by Lin Manuel Miranda, and uh, just everything about it is so enjoyable. Yeah. Well, and you know, you talk about Lin Manuel Miranda, and it seems like he's everywhere. And that's a good thing because usually when he's uh, attached to something, whether it be in the Heights, you know, we've we've talked about Moana before with his music there. Um, it, it just seems like he can do no wrong. I mean, it seems like he has the magic powers here of, of being able to compose just beautiful music time and time again. Um, you know, well, you really you really had that ready to go, didn't you? <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, it's early. Hey, you're, you're not you're not wrong. He has that he has that touch. Well, he really does. And, you know, I mean, I really was a fan of In the Heights. Obviously, Hamilton, everybody knows probably about Hamilton or knows Lin-Manuel Miranda through Hamilton. Um, I know you'll probably be catching his directorial debut here very soon in Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, he just I don't know. He just seems to have a depth touch when it comes to music. And it probably does it. Does it usually enhance? I mean, I think a lot of it enhanced oh, yeah. Moana. Although Moana was a great film in general, but I mean, does the music really just enhance and make you know a movie like Encanto that much better? Yeah, yeah, it does. The songs. Now, I will say uh, the songs here don't really. Um, if, if there is kind of a detraction with the songs, uh, they only make sense in the context of the movie. There's no. I don't think there's a. I'll let it go or uh, how far I'll go in the right. bunch. Uh, but, but they're, but they really do. Uh, they enhance the movie, but they don't really stand up on their own. Um, I do hope that, um, that the Academy remembers in the Heights come Oscar time. I know sure. that's kind of asking a lot because it came out in, in June and it didn't do that well at the box office, Right. but I'm, I'm still holding out some hope that, uh, that it can perform well at the Oscars. 
Well, and certainly if um, if Lin-Manuel Miranda is able to take home an Oscar this year, that will uh, create an EGOT for him where he's won an Emmy and a Grammy, yes. uh, Tony Award. Uh, so it's possible. And, and with not just in the Heights, but also in Canto and maybe even – uh, you're, I would imagine that he's probably written some music for uh, Tick Tick Boom as well, that stars Andrew Garfield. So it seems like he could he could maybe be a multi Oscar nominated uh, you know musical category at this point this year. Could even be nominated for his directing of Tick Tick Boom as well, depending on how that uh, rolls out. But um, you know, obviously, in, you know Disney, like you said, they they can do no wrong at times. You know what. It, I've heard a lot of people say that Encanto really kind of maybe not mimics, but really kind of dovetails a little bit with the Pixar brand of animation where we always, you know, really find Pixar movies beautiful to look at along with that great story. You know, does Encanto kind of, you know, fit that mold where it's, it's kind of maybe borrowing a lot from Pixar where it's just this, this really well rendered animation that, tells a great story while also being eye-popping on the screen? Sure. I mean, if somebody told me this was this was Pixar and not Disney, I wouldn't bat an eye. Right. Yeah, although um, although musicals are, I suppose, more more um, Disney's forte than, um, than Pixar's. Do you kind of see something like this maybe becoming more of a franchise or is maybe just you think this is probably more of a one-off or, you know, I've heard I, I, a wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel with these characters. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's like, there's like nine, there's like nine people in this movie with, with superpowers. I mean, there's yeah. only so much they can do in, in two hours. So yeah, another two hours with, with them, maybe even a TV series. Okay. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Well, what, uh, you know, it sounds like you enjoyed your time here at this one. What's your uh, final grade for Encanto? I, I gave it a B. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I did have kind of an issue with the story where um, this could have been solved very quickly with some better communication. Right. Uh, maybe maybe some hugs prior to the start of the movie could have uh, could have really cleared some things up. But, uh, but overall, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Well, uh, you know, kind of moving on a completely different uh, tone here, coming in from a nice children's film to now House of Gucci. Uh, this is Ridley Scott's second film in the last couple of months here, as he had the last duel um, last month in October. But House of Gucci, this is kind of one of those movies that's been anticipated for quite some time. Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, Jared Leto. Selma Hayek. I mean, this is sort of a who's who of casting here with several Oscar winners making up this cast. Does it live up to any expectations that anybody had for it, though, Bob? Um, maybe not expectations. I don't think it will go uh, very far in the Oscar race besides costume design, okay. which uh, between this Cruella and Spencer, this will be a really good year for costume design at the Oscars. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, the movie tells the story of uh, of this outsider who gets her claws into a member of the Gucci family and, you know, helps him rise. And by the end, everybody has fallen. Spoiler alert. Right. 
Well, I, I know that a lot of people, you know, obviously you say that the costume design, which you would sort of expect being a House of Gucci film, would you would expect the costume, you know, costume department to do a great job here. I've heard a lot of buzz with Lady Gaga, obviously. And, you know, even though maybe the, the film's tone is kind of all over the place with wanting maybe to be like a, a comedy more than a hardened drama. But, you know, is Lady Gaga up to the task? Is maybe she a, a potential outside looking in or maybe an Oscar contender this season? I mean, I don't see it unless they're really looking to pad out some some categories. Maybe she could get in. Um, maybe maybe some supporting turns by uh, by Jared Leto and by Al Pacino could could get in. You know, if they're really looking for people to fill out those categories, but I don't I, I don't see her winning. I don't see either of them winning. If they if they do, it'll strictly be. Um, you know, maybe as like fifth place in the category. Right. Well, it does seem sort of like one of those movies where it's it's the Oscar bait with all these Oscar winners, Ridley Scott's attached as the director. Um, it's a juicy, you know, story with the, the you know, the fall of the of the Gucci family essentially or the, you know, um, the murder. That's true. They push uh, five cast members, Gaga, Driver, Leto, Pacino, and Jeremy Irons and uh Four of them have Oscars. Poor, poor Adam Driver's the odd man out. He only has a nomination, and it stands right. out like a sore thumb on the poster. <laughs> well, do you, do you feel like um, you know this is an opportunity that? How how did you kind of perceive this? Because I've heard a lot of different things about this film. Where uh, you know, some people said if you if you kind of invest into the tone of it's not this serious crime drama that it's more sort of over the tops glitz glamour humor satire that maybe it works how did you kind of perceive what this movie was going for and did it succeed with what you thought it was going for i mean as a true crime movie it's it's okay um as a camp movie i didn't really think it was outrageous to really work on that level except with uh jared leto okay who, <laughs> all right Who's unrecognizable? If you if you've seen if you've seen the prosthetics he wears, yeah, um, you you know that he's gonna be kind of outlandish, right? Well, so obviously there's a lot of, I mean, there's some people that love it. I, this may be one of those you either love it or hate it kind of movies, um, because of that camp factor. Um, how, how do you where do you come down on this? What's your score on B, this? B, B minuses. This movie couldn't get me to. To really feel strongly one way or the other. Okay. All right. Uh, House of Gucci. Um, now, now, granted, I, I have not seen all of the Resident Evil movies, but our next movie is, I guess you would call it a reboot. Is it a reboot or a sequel, Bob? It's a it's a reboot because it doesn't have Mila Jovovich and okay. um, it recasts the Michelle Rodriguez role. And I mean, I'm not, I. For a Resident Evil movie a few years ago, I did go back and watch all the Resident Evil movies before it. Okay. Uh, but but my my memory is a bit hazy. I don't. I'm not really that steeped in in Resident Evil lore. But this is definitely not a direct sequel. Okay. So now we have Welcome to Raccoon City. So a reboot of the franchise. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure if they needed to reboot a Resident Evil franchise that, like you said, I. I 
vaguely, vaguely remember Mila Jovovich's first film in that franchise. And I think that's only because that's the only one I've seen and it wasn't all that memorable, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't think they needed a Resident Evil franchise at all, let alone. <laughs> right. let alone well, how does this reboot stand up here to the um, maybe not necessarily the the original franchise, since you didn't seem to be a fan of it, but just how does this stand up on its own as a reboot of a franchise that I don't really recall ever being that big of a box office winner anyway, but clearly they think there's an audience for it. So what do you think? It's it's not good. Um you know, it's mostly just characters stalking around darkened locations, occasionally running into zombies that, you know, scream as soon as they're in the frame. They communicate by screaming, right. yet yet they're never screaming from off screen. They just <laughs> right. scream as soon as they come into the light. Uh, but they're not they're not well designed. The action's not very good. Uh, the only thing that I liked about the film was some of the music cues. Uh, the movie yeah. takes place in the in the mid '90s, and they make some interesting music choices. Uh, for example, there's a scene where a um, a young girl gets hit by a truck. Uh, she's already a zombie, so don't don't worry about that. But uh, girl gets hit by a truck, and uh, it's perfect getting hit by a truck music. And if you know the song <laughs> I'm talking about, you'll know um, you'll you'll know you'll know why that makes sense. Okay. Well, um, I hate to, to, to think that you had to sit through this, but I mean, was there anything good that stands out about this? Was this was this worth it at all? Just in general? No, two hours, two hours out of my life uh, on okay. a holiday weekend that I could have spent better spent just crashing. Yeah. Well, hopefully um, with only a five million dollar box office, hopefully this is a movie that uh does not spawn a rebooted sequel because a rebooted franchise, I should say, because I don't know that at five million dollars and thirteen million, it seems like overall through this first uh, week here, worldwide does not seem like it's going to spawn a franchise. At least we don't we don't think, but maybe it'll do well on video on demand or or uh, on DVD. But uh, yeah, I don't see the future. I don't yeah, see the future this continuity. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, what's your final grade D. on this atrocity? D. D. All right. Well, Bob, uh, we definitely appreciate talking to you as always. We will be taking a week off as this uh, sort of a lighter schedule here to start the month of December, but we will be back in a couple of weeks. What will you have in a couple of weeks when we uh, see you again? West Side Story. Talk about great musicals. Here we go. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, no less as well. So, Big release there. Spielberg's back. West Side Story is back on the screen. And uh, maybe, uh, like I think when you said earlier, that uh, some of the Academy voters may forget a little bit about In the Heights. This is a movie that they might use to say that we forgot about In the Heights because West Side Story is fresh on the brain. So, all right, Bob. Well, we, uh, we appreciate your time, and we will uh, look forward to your thoughts on West Side Story. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. This is the highlight of my week. All right. Thanks, Bob. We will talk to you later. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope to learn more about 
our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.